when we read the account of creation, when we go back to Genesis and, and read over how things came to be, we hear about God breathing over the waters and the, the breath of God hovered over the waters and the, the waters began to teem with life. God's breath church understands as the Holy Spirit. The breath of God is the Holy Spirit. God creates in and through and with the Holy Spirit. The breath of God was breathed into the dust of the earth and man was created. In the image and likeness of God, man was created through the breath of God. We know the story of Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. Everything was given to them. They had complete access to God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. All were given to them, but there was a deceiver in the garden, right? There was the serpent. There was the enemy. The enemy tricked them. The enemy we know as the father of lies. He, he doesn't want unity. He doesn't want communion of us and God. He wants division. He wants separation. He wants isolation. And so he deceived Adam and Eve told them a lie, God's not trustworthy, and so they sinned. And what happened with that sin is it, it created this separation, it created this distance. Something changed within Adam and Eve and within man. They were made in God's image, but they lost the likeness of God. Well, we have our history. We read the Old Testament, this beautiful history of God trying to enter back into communion, enter back into relationship with his people over time, over time. And finally, through Jesus, God does it firsthand. He does it in person. Last week, we talked about that in the ascension. Jesus came down from heaven. He proclaimed the gospel. He let people see himself. He died and rose. And when he died and rose, he broke the chains that bind us to sin. He broke the chains that bind us to death. But he didn't stop there. What we celebrate today is that as Jesus ascended into heaven, he promised us an advocate. He promised that he would never abandon us. He promised that he would always be with us, but that he would give us his power. Let me say that again. Jesus promised us that he would give us his power. Let me say it one more time. Jesus promised us what? What kind of power are we talking about? What are the, some of the things that Jesus did? Well, Jesus healed the deaf he healed the mute. He gave sight to the blind. He restored hearing to those who could not hear. He actually raised people from the dead. When Jesus spoke his words, people's hearts were convicted, convicted of their sin, which is not a bad thing, to move away from their sin, right, to move away from lies. He, he spoke truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus speaks... If you go back to Genesis, things are created. When Jesus speaks, things are recreated. In fact, so much when Jesus often um, 
changes people's lives, they take on a new name to signify that a new person is created. Paul, St. Paul, was not always St. Paul. He was Saul. But when he encountered the Lord, he took on a new name because he was a new person. Paul articulates this as he says, I live no longer I. Whoever was living before Christ is no longer. Now I live Christ. He talks about a new self and the old self. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit renews. It makes new something that was not there. And so today in our response Oriole psalm, we, we say those, those words. This is our prayer. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. God has the power to make things new. God has the power to make things new. God has the power to make something out of nothing, and he has the power to take what he's already created and make it new. So what that means for us is God just doesn't want to unbind us from our sin. We had a wonderful journey this past Lent of talking about sinfulness and the seven deadly sins, and it opened our eyes, and maybe um, we were aware of sin in our life that we weren't aware of, and we went to confession, and we want to unbind ourselves from that sin, but God doesn't want to stop there. He doesn't want to just unbind us and break the chains. He wants to make us new from the inside out, to give us a new mind and a new heart, to think as God thinks, to love as God loves, and to speak with the power that God has. God gave his power through the Holy Spirit to the church. And whether you realize this or not, you are the church. The church is not a spectator sport. The church is not a place where we come and we receive some good things and we go back home and we come back the next week and we receive some good things. You are the living body of Christ on this earth. And God wants to renew you through the Holy Spirit, but he wants to renew the rest of the world through you. Jesus came on a rescue mission, but he couldn't do it all on his own. And so he gave his spirit to his closest friends and said, go to the ends of the earth and baptize people into this Holy Spirit. Baptize in them into my name. Teach them everything I have taught you so that they may teach others everything I've taught you so that they may teach others with power. There's a lot of people in our world, a lot of people in our life that say a lot of words. I say a lot of words. But every once in a while, I will say something, many of you have admitted, that it will convict your heart. Father, I felt like you were speaking right to me. That's not me because I'm super smart. It's not me because you just were bored one Sunday morning and maybe a word was relevant. No, it's the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you what you needed to hear because the Spirit of God works through me and the Spirit of God works through you. 
So I need all of you to hear the Spirit of God, the power of God has been given to you in your baptism and it's been renewed and strengthened in you in confirmation. And God wants to use you as an ambassador, as a vehicle, as a mouthpiece of power and authority into the world. So many of us have said, um, gosh, it's just so clear how our world is filled with division, how our world is growing in disharmony, how our world is growing. Maybe the anger and the frustration and the brokenness is so evident in our world. Great, nothing's changed. But we as Christians, we don't, we don't have a disposition of just to sit back and say, oh, darn. We have been given a spirit and an authority and a power to actually make a difference in a supernatural way, in an undercover way, so to speak. If you listen to our readings today that the church spe- uh, chooses, it says, from the Acts of the Apostles, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. They were speaking in a different tongue, a different way that they could not before, but the Spirit was enabling them to do so. If you go and read our second reading, it talks about the different gifts that are given, the different workings of God. It's God working in the early church, doing his work through them. And God still wants to do this work in us. He wants to do it for us, and he wants to do it through us for others. Today, those of you who will be confirmed, you will receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is the same spirit that hovered over the waters that created And God wants to renew you today in a special way, in a particular way. However you need to be healed, however you need to be restored, it's not he wants to help. He wants to make new so that you can be a new person. Today we pray for you, but um, I would ask everyone in church that we pray for ourselves, that we would um, allow God, give God permission. The only thing stopping God from establishing, um, from doing what he wants is, is us. It's our openness. It's our letting go of control. It's our sense that we are in charge of our life. If we would just humbly submit our lives, our minds, and our hearts to God, if we would give him access to what already belongs to him, he could do powerful things, beautiful things. This week we had the celebration of St. Philip Neri. Some of you may know him. Uh, We celebrated his feast day Friday. St. Philip Neri was asking and praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He was preparing for Pentecost. He was praying, Lord, set me on fire. And St. Philip Neri had an experience of the Holy Spirit. It came upon him and it, he said it, it felt like a, uh, the size of a fist just kind of pushing in on his chest. He had this profound, real experience of the Holy Spirit. It felt like fire. 
And from that moment, St. Philip Neri, um, to all around him, was filled with this extraordinary joy. He was an incredibly joyful person, this extraordinary supernatural joy. And when he died, they examined his body, and what they found was his heart was enlarged, like almost twice the size of a normal heart, so big that it broke his ribs. The experience of the enlarging of his heart actually broke two ribs, and the ribs um, reformed around his heart. They were kind of oval in shape. That was the Holy Spirit doing something for Philip Neary so that Philip Neary can be an instrument of grace to the world. Philip Neary asked, he received, and he gave. He was the church. He was Christ on earth. He was Jesus' flesh, and you are Jesus' flesh in this day and age, in this time. And so I would ask you boldly during the rest of this Mass, to invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, to ask the Holy Spirit to come, to give the Holy Spirit permission to set your heart on fire, to give you a holy boldness so that you are not afraid to speak of the Lord in this world. You're not afraid to exercise the gifts that he has given you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and renew the face of the earth. Come and use us as your instruments. Take away our fear. Take away our worry. Let us see what you want us to see. Let us say what you want us to say. Give us the courage to do what you want us to do. Come, Holy Spirit.